Meditations on Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning Part 3. The Essence of Existence Imagine that you've got two journals. In one, you record things as they actually happen. The successes, the failures, misgivings, and so on. In the other, you record things as you would have liked them to have happened. The girl or guy who says yes instead of no, the errors you didn't make at baseball, and so on. The point of the exercise, I think, is this. Which journal do you wind up wanting to change first? The way things really happened one, so it could look more like what you wanted, or the one with what you wanted, so that it could be closer to what really is? In life, we give thanks for the good things. Yet I know we all know this as well. True gratitude, true blessings, are rejoicing for the whole of the thing. Yes, we can nitpick things that stink, but the whole of life held in our hearts, that's how gratitude sings. This is the essence of existence. In his internment, Viktor Frankl loses his entire family and nearly his own life. Something else he also loses is what he refers to as his mental child. Frankl, a young psychologist, has a manuscript for a kind of psychotherapy he calls logotherapy. This is his life work, and when he is arrested, this manuscript is in his pocket and taken away with his clothes. He is forced to trade them on for ragged clothes just taken from a man killed in a gas chamber. Frankl is crushed. Faced with the reality that he will not only lose his family and his own life, but also his mental work, he's destitute. But because of this loss of mental work as well, his question is a little different than most of those in camp. Frankl tells us their question was, how do I survive? For Frankl, the question was, has all this suffering, this dying around us, a meaning? And he goes on, for if not then... Ultimately, there is no meaning to survival, for a life whose meaning depends upon such a happenstance as whether one escapes or not, ultimately would not be worth living at all. Like the hint from heaven Frankel received to stay with his parents, another arrival of such a message comes in through his ragged clothes. Instead of the many pages of my manuscript, I found in a pocket of the newly acquired coat one single page torn out of a Hebrew prayer book containing the most important Jewish prayer, Shema Yisrael. How should I have interpreted such a coincidence other than as a challenge to live my thoughts instead of merely putting them on paper? Have you ever lost something only to realize what you're really looking for? It can sound contrite, but I have found it true that my breakups and relationships have taught me to love, that my failure, success, and my shortcomings, my strengths to work on. All of this in the realization that I have too often in my life been more attached to having what I thought things should look like instead of living my beliefs and trusting the result. Love, look like this. Success, hey, look like this. And it takes wisdom to listen when love and success look back at you and say, no, think again. The message, don't have love, live love. Don't have success, live success. Speaking to the idea of a whole meaning to our lives, Frankl shares, Consider a movie. It consists of thousands upon thousands of individual pictures, and each of them makes sense and carries a meaning. Yet the meaning of the whole film cannot be seen before its last sequence is shown. 
However, we cannot understand the whole film without having first understood each of its components, each of the individual pictures. Isn't it the same with life? Doesn't the final meaning of life, too, reveal itself at all, only at this end on the verge of death? And doesn't this final meaning, too, depend on whether or not the potential meaning of each single situation has been actualized to the best of the respective individual's knowledge and belief? All that being said, it really comes down to what the meaning of your life is here and now. For as we have spoken about before, what we choose has something to do with how we experience that. This is where the essence of existence comes in. When you can give thanks for the whole of your life here and now, you can carry the meaning of your life with you. We won't get distracted by the pieces, but be centered in the whole. Franco tells us the odds of surviving a concentration camp during the war was 1 in 28. He survives many close calls and recalls many stories where in following his own intuition, he makes choices that others tell him will lead to his death, yet leads to theirs. And indeed, there are times of pure grace where he feels spared as if that is his fate. Franco never comes out and says it. He never says he was smarter or more blessed. What he does is often recount the following fable. Does this not bring to mind the story of death in Tehran? A rich and mighty Persian once walked in his garden with one of his servants. The servant cried that he had just encountered death, who had threatened him. He begged his master to give him his fastest horse so that he could make haste and flee to Tehran, which he could reach that same evening. The master consented, and the servant galloped off on the horse. On returning to his house, the master himself met death and questioned him. Why did you terrify and threaten my servant? I did not threaten him. I only showed surprise in still finding him here when I planned to meet him tonight in Tehran, said death. Our fate will be our fate is the point. But the message again is that your fate is not the point. How you live, that's the point. How you choose to live this moment in blindness and nitpicking, or in gratitude for the whole of it. That is the essence of existence.